there from 2001 to 2005. Excuse me. Uh, my freshman year, we were really bad. My senior year, we won a national championship. And I played with seven guys who played in the NBA. Four of those guys got drafted. First round, lottery pick. Two of those guys are still playing in the NBA. Made millions of dollars. Uh, played professionally for five years. And my last year was in Japan. After that, I got into coaching. Went back to UNC for a year. UNC Greensboro for four years. Valparaiso University in Indiana for a year. And here, I'm going into my third year. So, moving a lot, seeing a lot of the United States. Playing in the, playing in the D League, now the G League. And the league started in the Southeast and moved west. So I was in Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, New Mexico, all those states, and then it moved east a little bit. I lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, Midwest, Iowa. So been a, around a little bit, United States. But I just wanted to share my philosophy and share with you the reason why I think the way I think and believe the way I believe. And then I'll let you ask questions as I get my breath. <laughs> Man. Um, so, I believe that we're all here for a purpose, right? Every single one of us. That everybody has a gift. And some of us are tapping into that gift. Some of us haven't figured that out yet. Some of us are unsure, right? But as a young kid, everybody in here started with a dream, something they dreamed about, they wanted to do. As you get older, the world said, no, you can't do that because of whatever, right? Your limitations, this, that. Well, that dream is there for a reason, right? It's been placed in your mind and your heart for a reason. But the world tells us that we can't do it. So we just push that dream to the side and say, well, I guess I gotta do this, right? So if every single person here has a gift, then what is that gift for? And how do I tap into that gift, right? The gift is to serve, serve the world, right? Everybody in here has something to give to this world that's gonna make us better, right? And so how do I tap into that, right? It, it, it starts with our mindset. So if you all remember as a kid, when you did have those dreams, everybody would tell you, oh yeah, yeah, you can be anything you wanna be, right? And then at some point you get to a certain age and all of a sudden that's not true anymore. Oh, you can't do that because you're not tall enough or you're not athletic enough, you're not smart enough. You're not. Well, you just crushed the whole dream. You just crushed the gift. So my philosophy is this. We all have this gift. Not everybody's tapping into it. But I want every young man to believe that he's capable of doing anything, or young woman, to believe that they're capable of doing anything they put their mind to, right? So it starts with belief. So as a coach, we're developing the belief. We're developing the mind. Whatever's been created in the last 18 years, 17 years, or whatever, before they get here, we have to create something different. 
it's not necessarily bad, good. You know, it's, it's just you've been raised a certain way. So now we got to create a certain mindset. That mindset starts with belief, right? So I give you an example. I'm an assistant coach right now. Been an assistant coach for eight years, but I truly believe I'm a head coach. Now, looking at me, you're like, okay, well, you're an assistant. Well, how am I going to be a head coach if I don't even believe that I am a head coach? Right? So it's the same thing with your gifts. It's the same thing with your purpose. Everybody's in school for a reason. Right? You, you, you guys are here for a reason because you're trying to use this to springboard you to something that you feel like I'm passionate about. Right? Well, how are you great at that thing if you don't even believe that you are that thing? Right, so we want to develop the mind. Second thing is the attitude of knowing that I'm this thing. I believe it. Now I gotta know it. I got everything I do has to move towards this thing that I believe that I am. Right? So you gotta have that attitude. Then here comes the action, right? Doing the right things. Right? Human nature says, I want to take shortcuts because that's really hard. But the dream that I have says, no, I got to keep on this path no matter how hard it is. Right? So how many people have been through some type of adversity, obstacle, right? And when you go through adversity, right, it does what to you? Change. Strengthens you. Changes you, strengthens you. Some people are not down. Some people, right, have a hard time getting up. Well, if you believe, I believe I'm a head coach. And I have an attitude that this is what I'm doing. And I, I got action. When I get knocked down, what I realize is that's actually making me better. It's, it's actually pushing me forward. Even though I feel like I'm knocked down, it's actually pushing me here, right? So in order for me to get to the next level, Right? I have to be pushed down. I have, there's a character, there's a molding, there's a refining. All these things are happening because I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to go where I'm supposed to go without the refining. So it's faith. Right? Having the faith that even though I get knocked down, the belief I get knocked down, I'm getting back up and I'm moving that direction. Right? It's being committed. Regardless what happens, I'm going to stay on this path. Right? Regardless what, I am committed to this. I'm staying on this path. Like I'm all in. Whatever I need to do to get where I'm going, I'm gonna do it. So I, I said I wanted to be a head coach, right? Well, I'm afraid to ask people questions. How are you gonna be a head coach? You don't, like, you don't ask people questions to get better. Right? I'm afraid to speak in front of a class. How are you going to be a head coach if you can't speak in front of your team? Right? But once I committed all these things, my mindset changed. And it wasn't fear of, of speaking in front of the class. It wasn't fear of asking questions because I know that's the only way I was going to get better. Well, if, I'm, if I can speak in front of you guys, then I can speak in front of 50, 100. Right? So, like, everything in my world is starting to shift. And I'm, I'm not thinking about the distractions, the fear, getting knocked down. I'm thinking about 
this is where I'm going, this is what I am, right? And why am I doing this? So human nature is we think about ourselves, right? We naturally think about self, right? So if I only think about self, which I have in the past, then when I get distracted, when I get knocked down, it's woe is me, can't do this, right? But I do this to serve, whether it's you, you guys, to serve our team, to serve the world, to serve our community. So I know if I don't keep going, I'm letting somebody down. Somebody who needs this conversation, somebody who needs this motivation, this encouragement, I'm letting them down. So I gotta get back up, all right? The other thing is, I say take care of the team. Take care of, you, take care of the people around you. So my family, right, our players, my family, my goal is for my family is to be the best husband, the best father I can be. So I'll give you an example of this. Last night I was on the road recruiting Greensboro. I got back at 10.30. My wife called me 15 minutes before I get in the house and say, hey, let me know when you get inside. I said, okay, because uh, I didn't do the dishes, so I come down and do it. I said, no, just stay upstairs. I'll do the dishes. Now, I can easily say, yeah, come on down and do these dishes. No, I just got back from the road. No, but I'm here to serve my family. I'm here to make my wife's job as easy as possible. I'm here to serve my kids. I'm here to make them the best that they can be, but to have that relationship with them that they won't ever forget. So now when they become a mother, you know, uh, uh, when they have kids, they, oh man, I remember my dad, like, did this, did that. Those moments are precious to me. That's important to me, right? So I'm gonna take care of the team. Whatever I need to do, I'm gonna do that for the team, right? No whining, no complaining, no excuses, no quitting. The reason why we get distracted is because we feel sorry for ourselves. We start whining, we start complaining, we start making excuses. All that builds up to, I can't do this. I am not gonna try. Too hard, I'm not gonna try, right? So I'm not gonna give myself an out. There's no out. Again, I'm committed, right? Respect everyone and yourself. A lot of us don't even value ourselves. We don't even think we're worthy of the thing that we're chasing. So how can I see myself as this thing that I'm chasing? You're going to school for this thing and I don't even value, my, I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm good enough. The world is telling me that I can't. So this is what I did. So I had Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm 36 now, so I'm, I'm a little older. I didn't have a, a cell phone in college until I had a cell phone my freshman year. Uh, we had I am, which is AIM. Right, you guys like, what is that? So I'm not a big social media guy. So I had Twitter and I had Instagram. I can't do anything else. I don't, I don't like, I don't try to do the other stuff. But every time I scroll through Twitter, it's just, I just keep getting negative energy, negative vibes. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna edit this Twitter, like who I'm following. So I'm like editing, I'm just like not following, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. I'm like, dude, you got like a ton of people. Like this is gonna be like all day. <laughs> unfollow, unfollow. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling in a good place. I start following other people that can give me some information that can help, you know, motivate me. But this negative energy is still on my timeline. It could be just some random person who I like. 
I really don't want to unfollow them because I like, but he's just putting stuff on there. And it's just causing my like spirit just to stir up. And I'm like, I hate this life. So I get off Instagram. I'm done with that. I get off Twitter. I say, I'm done with that. I'm just going to start with just me. I'm going to read. I'm going to watch whatever videos. I'm going to study the thing that I'm trying to be great at. And so now I'm looking at myself as valuable. I value my mind and what's coming into my spirit so much that I'm willing to disconnect from the world to make myself better, right? Because think about all the information that y'all are getting in every day as you look at social media. And that information is affecting your mind. It's affecting your confidence. It's affecting the way you think. It's affecting the way you look at yourself. And it couldn't, it, it don't have to be anything directed towards you, but when you see it, it automatically goes into your mind and now you, you have it here and you're processing it. And so if something like that happens to you, you're like, oh yeah, well I remember that happened to that person and that's why. So I got rid of it, all right? But I was like, okay, Jackie, but you gotta be strategic about it. You can't just get rid of everything. What about the stuff that's actually gonna help you? So I came back with Instagram. I'm only following eight people, but it's the eight things that I feel like is going to help me. <laughs> and if I find number nine, then I'll add it. But for right now, it's eight things. All right? And the last thing, the last thing is be early. So I came in, I did five push-ups, or 50 push-ups, because I was five minutes late. Right? Yes, I had a meeting, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? We all have things. I'm committed. Right? So I just named my core value for how to develop the player on and off the court, right? How to develop the player academically. How to develop the player as a basketball player. And how to develop the player person as a whatever you want to do in life, your purpose, your career, right? I just named my core values. So my core values is directing that. So I had a buddy of mine last week and he said, hey, um, so that sounds good. I like that. But what makes you different from everybody else? Because everybody else is the same thing. And I said, one, this is my purpose. Like, this, I'm supposed to be doing this. Right? I'm not doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in this moment. I said, but what makes me different is I live what I'm telling you. I said, if, if you come to my house and you see me interact with my kids, I don't mean he loves them, but he holds them accountable. There's a standard for me, so there's a standard for my family, so there's a standard for our players. It doesn't change. So when I'm late, I don't say, hey, I'm late, I had a meeting, sorry about that. No, hey, I'm late, I had a meeting, but I'm going to do 50 push-ups. Because that's the standard. There's no excuse. Because everybody in here, if you interview for a job and you're late, why not going to get that job? So now my standard, that right there just told me, hey, next time, bro, be early. Like, value yourself more than that. Value, you know, your time more than that. Don't show up late and then expect people to want to listen to you. First thing you're going to be like, bro, you're late. Why should I listen to this? So I want, I, I want you to know that, yes, stuff happens in, in life that you can't control. 
but there is no excuse for it. You, you have to figure it out and then move past it. My last thing, and then I'll let you ask questions. So with all that, we're building a mind, right? Building a mind to be great. And so the thing that I do every day is I tell myself what I already know I am. You're head coach. You're not only a head coach, you're the greatest head coach to ever coach college basketball, right? You're the greatest head coach to ever coach college basketball. Right? Oh, not, not only that, you know, your alma mater, yeah, you're, you're the head coach there too. Now, the last time I checked, Ward Williams is still coaching me. Last time I checked. But I feel like that's my job. <laughs> I feel like that's my job. I feel like I'm the greatest. That's, our, that's, that's what we're here for. Why would you shortchange yourself if that's what you're here for? You're here to be the greatest at what you do, the gift that you have. So every day I tell myself that because you know what the world's gonna say? <laughs> no, you're not. The world's gonna say, you're never gonna be head coach at Carolina. The world's gonna say, how are you doing? You're better than John Wooden? <laughs> that's laughable. You're not even a Hall of Famer. That's what the world's gonna tell me. But think about all the successful people, whatever craft they're in, the arena they're in, think about how they got there. Think about the stories they've told to get there. The failures, the people that say, no, you can't do it, but they still became great at what they do. They're no different than none of us, any of us. They're literally no different than any of us. The only thing they had was a belief and nobody was gonna stop that regardless. And so if you can take anything, what I say is if you're not thinking that way, change your mindset today, today. Because what's the point of doing something if you're not trying to be the very best at what you do and what you've been gifted to do, right? You might as well just stop doing it and just say, uh, for however long I'm on this earth, I'm just going to sit here and just do nothing. But if you're going to do something, be the very best at it. Because that's going to help some young girl or some young boy who's going through something, who's been through a lot of adversity in life, and you're going to encourage them and say, hey, man, I, I've been through the same thing. You know, I didn't have this growing up. I didn't have that. I was missing this. But you know what? It didn't stop me. That I, I wanted to share that, which I know that was too deep. That was really deep. That was really deep. But, <laughs> but I, I wanted to share that with you, men and women here. Uh, any questions? Questions? Don't be afraid. Again, again, don't be afraid because you're trying to get better. What was the hardest part in transitioning from a player to a coach? Spending so much time and you invest so much time in this one thing. I started playing when I was seven. Mm -hmm. Stopped playing when I was 28. So you invest so much time in this one thing. You have a dream, a goal you're trying to reach. And that for me was an NBA and never getting there and knowing that the reason I didn't is because of all my habits that I had. For, like it, it wasn't the coach's fault. It wasn't the player's fault. It was, it was my habits that didn't give me an opportunity. So I was with the Boston Celtics. They had two spots left. And we're in 
London. We're playing in a game, right? I get fouled, but I don't go to the free throw line. I'm like, I walk away. <laughs> so I let somebody else go to the free throw line. And they shoot the free throws, and I'm like, oh, phew. I had to shoot those. It's freaking scared out there. They want to miss. They want to airball. So the general manager, he says, he, he comes up to me after the game. He's like, how come you didn't shoot those free throws? I was like, what free throw? He's like, yeah, you got fouled, right? I'm like, yeah, I did. How come you shoot the free throw? He's like, the next time that happens, you need to go up there and shoot the free throw. Like, you got fouled. From that point on, he knew he was going to release me. He knew I wasn't built for that. Right? Well, that started with my habits. Because I didn't work hard enough, I didn't prepare hard enough, I didn't really believe that I was an NBA player. So when I got to the moment of the test, I can't study now. I failed it. And that was my only opportunity. And so he knew from how I carried myself that I wasn't an NBA player. So a great person recognizes another great person. If you're trying to be something and you go to in front of somebody who's already that, as soon as you step in front of them and start talking, they're going to say, oh, yeah, come on. You got something special. Or they're going to say, nah. So you got to prepare yourself for whatever you're trying to do. You got to create the habits, the right habits, right? That's, how they, that's where the confidence comes from, the belief in the habits. Uh, you said your freshman year, you were, y'all team was bad at Carolina? Yes. Uh, how did that, how did that um, experience being on a struggling team help you as a coach now? Uh, the character part of it. Um, when it got really bad, I didn't quit. And everybody would have totally understood. We were 8-20, and 20, the worst team in Carolina history. The first team to lose 20 games, and the first team to not win 20 games, ever, in, in history. Hasn't been a team since, right? And so it built character in me that if I didn't quit in that moment, then I'm not gonna quit in any other moment. So that's when you hear that core value, no quitting. Because if I were to, if I were to quit, like the, the group I came in with, if we would have quit in that moment and left, we would have never won a national championship. So, because I saw it through, I saw what was actually at the end of that. And it, and it, it just encouraged me. All right, Coach Jackie. Um, I'm a captain this year for the track team. Mm -hmm. And I just want some advice on how can I like encourage my freshmen and my, uh, my lower classmen to yeah. like stay on track and be healthy and um, get yeah. into the training room and try yeah. to be on time. Uh, three things. Um, they watching, they're watching everything you do. So there's accountability to what you're doing and how you're doing. If you're just doing the bare minimum, then you can't tell me anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can do the bare minimum. But if you're going above and beyond and you're there early and you stay late, right, and then you start seeing the results of that, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to listen to that guy. That's one. So that's a group. You got a group. That's one group that said, I'm probably going to listen to that. The second group is the group you got to serve. Right? You know what? Come on, man. Let me help you out. Come with me. Let's get up. I know. I know. I've been there, bro. Like, seriously. It sucks. But I promise you it's going to make you better. Right? You got to serve that group. 
right? And then you got to, you have to encourage everybody around you, even when it's hard for you. Because when they look at you, you're like, man, he's, he's trying to help us. Like, he, he don't have to. Man, he works really hard. And like, when it gets tough, he's more concerned about us than himself. You know what those people do? They look at you as a leader. And so they start to follow. Right? And you didn't force them to follow. What you did is you, you served them and you did your part. Right? And that's what good leaders do. They serve other people and try to help those people get better. Okay, cool. Um, do you know on your own that you wanted to coach after playing, or do you have someone recognize the characteristics and suggest it for you? Um, I'll say this. Uh, a lot of the times, the, the thing that we're supposed to do, like the things that, the gift or the purpose that we're supposed to be doing, we run away from it. Because that's not, that's not what we thought about doing or dreamed about doing, so to say. Every time somebody said anything about coaching to me, I was like, bro, please don't. Like, stop. Like, I am trying to get to the NBA, like, not coach. If you say coaching to me, you're telling me that I'm done playing. That means everything that I've been working for has been a waste. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, don't say that. And so I had people tell me, man, you'll make a great coach one day. I was like, yeah, cool. That sounds good. All right. <laughs> Give me shots. I had a. Um, the uh, GM, Danny Ainge for the Boston Celtics, after he released me, he's like, man, you, you'd be a great front office person. Yeah, cool, thanks. You just released me. I don't care what you say, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you. Um, and so I was, a, I was running away from that thing. And it took three years for me to recognize it. And I, I played in the, the D League. And I, I just started seeing guys come in, and they just didn't get it. They just, they were just, just wasn't educated about all these things. And I'm like, man, all the, all the things I've been through, I just want to give this back. And from that point on, it just clicked for me. And I was like, OK, this is what I want to do. Like, this is my passion. So what makes a difference between your collegiate and your professional coaches? Like, What separates them, maybe pros and cons that you've seen? The thing, the thing between every coach that I had that was important, every level that I went to in my life, that coach brought some value to help me get to this point. Every step of the way. So right now, there's somebody that you're going to interact with, whether it's a professor, uh, a peer, or whoever, whomever, like, that's gonna bring something to your life that's gonna help And my college coach brought a confidence. Uh, we were really beat down my first two years, and so when he got there, he brought a confidence that we can be really good. Um, my D-League coach, my last two years forced me to be a vocal leader. I don't care if you shoot. I don't care if you shoot a thousand times. Like, I really don't care. But if you don't communicate with the guys on this floor, you're going to be sitting on the bench. All right? And then my coach in Japan gave me confidence that I had lost in myself 
and Gabe brought that confidence back to me, right? And so every step of the way, coaches were giving something to me that I would either lost, didn't have, or was trying to find. And so I want to be that for whether it's you guys or our team, my kids, right? We all go through struggles, right? We all go, we, got, we all have insecurities, we all lack confidence. But every day, I, I'm gonna tell you, yo, you're great, man. Every day, you're great, every day. Eventually, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna be like, yeah, I am great. I am, every day. You know what we're gonna do? Let's work, you hear me? Let's work together. I'm gonna help you. Yeah, I am great. And I'm, I'm great, I believe that, but I'm great because I'm working hard, right? And, and we're missing that. Like our world is missing that. Everybody's telling you what you can't do and everybody's tearing you down. Everybody, oh, this generation, all the generations the same. Every generation was the same. Just didn't have education. At 36, I think differently than when I was 18. Why? Because I have perspective, I have education, I have experience. So I'm supposed to think like a 36 year old even though I only have 18 years of experience? No, every generation is the same, but it's up to us who have the experience to say, no, I'm gonna tell you what's about to happen, but I'm gonna keep you from hurting yourself. Go this way, it's gonna suck, I promise you, but it's gonna benefit you at the end. And once you see that and you get encouraged by that, you're like, oh, I can go do anything. Yeah, that's what your, your adversities, your failures, your adversities, the things you've gone through in your life, it's just to make you successful. It's to build character. It's not to tear you down. But you need somebody in the corner to let you know that. Right? So when people talk about like making connections and relationships throughout your life and how they can help open doors yeah. in the future, like yeah. for you, what kind of connections and relationships with people did you have that helped you get to your assistant coaching job here? Yeah, it's the simplest thing. My parents taught me, very, very simple. Treat people how you want to be treated. Simple. I Super just kind to everybody. And it's not because I thought of they're going to give me something. I My parents just raised me that way. I was just really nice to everybody. And then all of a sudden, like five years after I'm playing, people are like, oh, you're the, the, you need any help. Ten years after I'm playing, they're like, oh, you're the, you need any help. And it's just that simple. Just treat people right. Do the right things. Treat people nice. Hold the door. I, everybody walk out, hold the door for them. I don't have to do that. But I just, like, I want you to leave here and say, damn, man, that, that guy made me feel good. Like, I appreciate it. That's a nice guy. Because like, you, <laughs> you may not get that again when you walk outside. <laughs> Everybody else may be a jerk. <laughs> so, any more questions? Um, what is your definition or meaning of being a winner? Being a winner is being your very best, doing your very best every single day. It's, to me, it's, it's, I, I say excellent. Am I giving my very best every single day? Am I doing the right thing every single day? That's a winner. You know, it's not necessarily wins or losses. If I do the right things and I'm my very best every single day, that all the other stuff is going to take care of itself. Uh, what would 
was like the most memorable like experience like as a coach or like as a player? Like just something that like I guess like either you took from or like something you just like remember like that was just remember. It it's to see uh young people develop and and grow into something they never believed they could. Uh that's what I that's when I'm the most happy. That's what my enjoyable experiences come from. Like you come in here and you like, man, this is gonna be crazy. Like it's a lot of people like, I don't know if I can do this, like or exam week, everybody's like, yo, oh, this is going I don't know. Like all nighters, I don't but like to get people to believe and do things that they didn't think they could do or people told them they couldn't do is I love that part of it. Like that's why that's why I'm coaching. Like it brings me joy. It really does. Anybody else? Please don't be shy. I got one more. They they all wrote questions. Yeah, just please just ask them. Like you just never know where it may it may get you. Like you never know. All right. How can you convince um, your players? Because you know the one and done deal and all yeah. that. How can you convince them to stay in school? Because the NBA is not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to convince you to stay in school. Right? I want to get you to your dream. Right? However long that takes. Right? I don't want to convince you to be here for six more years, eight more years. No, I want to get you to your dream. Right? And so that's what it is. The, the, the one and done thing is. It's great. Some people are ready, some people aren't. But like, my goal is to educate you, right? My goal right now is to educate everybody in here. So when you leave here and you go through something, you're like, dang, well, I remember Coach said, it's just part of growth, it's part of my success. Like, that's my goal is to educate you. So if you're one and done, great. I just want to give you as much information so when you get to the next level, you have a base to work from, you have a higher base and then somebody else is going to help you to the next level. Um, which coach, like either one you haven't been coached by or one you have, are you like most inspired by their coaching philosophy or anything? Um, there's a lot of coaches. I, I would say this, uh, Tony Bennett, uh, UVA, uh, just because within the business of what we do, and a lot of people do it the right way, a lot of people don't. But to be successful, as far as having his young man graduate and prepare for life, um, his faith aspect, and then to be successful winning a national championship and not having the one and done players is, is hard to do, but he found a way. So that inspired me because I'm like, I can be myself. I can do the right thing and still make an impact. I don't have to do this that's going on right now. You know? So he's one of many. And I and and I've used so many people that I know, that I don't know, um, that I've seen from afar. Like there's so much information out there. Like I YouTube. I go on there and I start listening to people speak or like Kobe Bryant I grew up watching Kobe Bryant well I listened to him talk about the process 
or like I'm a Patriots fan. So I look, I listen, and I look at, yeah, Tom Brady, all, yeah, this, yeah. But what are they doing to do this every year? What type of culture do they have? Or Alabama, what type of culture do they have? All right, so I take apart from everybody. It could be a, it could be a singer or a rapper. I don't like. We all come from a similar struggle, but people are separating themselves and reaching these goals and dreams that they set for themselves. But how are they doing that? And so I try to study all those people and, and just try to take as much information as I can. So, um, do you do anything? I know you talked about building mentality, but do anything for your players to build mental toughness, like how we try not to get the players set on their knees. So it's fourth quarter. You don't want them to look tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, so life is going to give you that parts. Right? Life is going to throw adversity at you. Um, Wayne knows this. I'm. So my daughter, when she was turning one, had a. Uh, Fibril seizures, right? It was caused by a fever spike really quickly, right? Um, and we had just got back from the doctor. My wife was going to CVS to get medication. I'm going home with her and all of a sudden she, this happens and I am freaking out, right? I have no control over that. That is adversity right there in my face. And after all of that, I had to still raise her, not be cautious with her, but mentally move on from that and not think every day something's gonna happen every day, right? So I had to be mentally strong, right? And that was really tough. That took some months, really, really tough, right? One year old, you sent. So it happens again in July. I'm at practice, my wife calls me, she has a fever, it spikes. I, I just left the house. And my wife's like, she's having a seizure again. And so she had two this time. And so now I'm like, all right, I, I am freaked out, but I can't panic, right? So from the time she was one to turning six, right, I had to build mental toughness for moments that I couldn't control. So it was really hard. And as much as I wanted to panic and watch my wife freak out, I was like, okay, I can't panic. I can't panic, I, I have to, all right, that's one. Two, as a coach, I will create adversity. Whether it's conditioning, whether it's you know, getting up early, we'll create adversity. But while all of this is going on, I'm encouraging, I'm educating, I'm like, I'm, the tools of being giving and so every time you go through adversity, you get stronger, you get stronger, you get stronger, you get stronger. And to the point where when it comes, you just say, well, that sucks. I can't control it, but there's something for me to learn from it. How can I get better? So it's been a month since my daughter and she's great. And I don't think about it because I can't, I can't tie her down and put her in this box if I want her to be great. And so I'm like, go, go, run, jump, I don't care, go, right? And so five years ago, I couldn't do that. I would've been like, no, babe, look, sit down, strap her in, <laughs> you cannot move. And so it's just, you keep building that and you keep 
encouraging yourself, education, like every single day you, you're building that. Every single day something is gonna be thrown at you that you gotta deal with and you gotta keep moving. Anybody? What's, what's a way that you uh, promote, or how do you plan for adversity for your players? Are there things that you set up in place that puts them on that path where they're most likely going to be unsuccessful, or do you kind of see if they can get through it? Uh, so we have like conditioning, right? I'll give you a few examples. We have conditioning, and the goal is to make conditioning hard. And so like at Carolina, we had a 12 minute run where we had to run around the track, try to get seven and a half laps or something like that. And then we had 12, 33s, what they're called, and you basically from one end of the court to the other end of the court run back and forth six times in 33 seconds or less. And then the last test is a mile run, a mile run that you have to get I had to come in at 5.30, right? My, we had a required time, we had a tough time. Tough time gets you out of running, so my tough time was 5.15. All right, every single time we got to those runs, I was freaked out. I'm like sitting in class like, oh my God, we got to a minute run today, oh my goodness, we got 33 today. My stomach, my stomach, oh my God, what am I gonna eat? And so, what, what happens is, because coach makes the test so hard, we, we adapt. Like mentally and physically, our mind, like we're that powerful, right? That we adapt. And so we start to overcome, oh, 12 minute run, oh. Oh, 33, oh, I did that. Oh, the mile, oh. And so now we look back and we're like, hey, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> that wasn't bad at all. And so then coach would throw something else at us, right? And it'd be, in practice, we're going to do, we're going to go up and down eight times, not stopping at all. You got to run this, you got to defend this, you got to run this, you got to, and everybody getting tired, and he's like, it, he's screaming, don't quit, you quit. And then the losing team has a run, but then you got to get back on, you got to play again. And so you overcome that. Well, that's building your condition, right? That's building your condition. And then he'll, uh, He'll say, okay, today we're not going to call any fouls for the white team. So now you're going to the basket, you're getting fat, and he wants to see how you respond. If you respond in a negative way, then you're going to get on the line and run, right? And so now he's building that. Well, what happens, you get in the game, and because of our conditioning is top notch, the other thing he tells us is don't get on your knees when you're tired. That's a sign of fatigue, sign of weakness, right, mental weakness. So we don't get on our knees. All right, on a timeout, Run back to the huddle, never walk. Coach, why? I'm tired. Like, no, run back to the huddle. So now we get in a game, we're in better shape than the other team, right? Mentally, we can go up and down at least eight trips. We know that, right? Don't know about the other team, <laughs> right? Um, when things get hard, we don't complain to the refs because I remember in practice the last time I did that, we had to run. That wasn't fun, right? And then when we have a timeout situation, we run back to the huddle. And the other team was like this. Oh, my goodness. And so he, he looks at us and he goes, yeah, they're done. And then we look at each other and we're like, oh, yeah, it's time to get them. And then the next thing you know, it's a five-point game that goes to 20 points. Well, 
he plans for everything. He knows everything that's going to happen. So what he did, he tried to make it difficult in the preparation moments. So when we got to the test, which is the game, we were able to compete through all the things that the other team couldn't do. So I, me, I'm a um, person of faith. And so for me, praying every day, right? I pray every day um, for guidance. Because for me, me, I don't have the power to fight certain things. Right? I don't have the strength to do that, right? And I might be speaking out of turn, but I'm gonna speak for everybody here. You guys probably don't have it either. <laughs> right? And so when things come my way, where do I get that strength from? Where do I get that power from? Because I tell you, I tell you, like there's been a lot of things that I'm like, man, I don't know how I didn't get into that trouble. Right? Because I know temptation is coming. It's coming every day. It's coming. And so that power, that strength, those prayers, and then it goes back to what we said before, right? So I just gave you the whole um, rundown of adverse situation, preparing your mind for that. Okay. Early in my life, walking, temptation, temptation. <laughs> How you doing? All right. Yeah, that probably wasn't the best move. All right. I got to learn from that one. Walking, temptation, temptation, temptation. <laughs> I, I didn't go on the first time. Maybe the second, but I didn't go on the first. Okay, that probably wasn't the best move. Woo, lucky. Okay, walking, walking, wow. Did you hear what happened to Why? Why did that? Oh, dang. Crazy. I got to learn from that. Right, walk in. As you get older, temptation. You worth it? Uh, temptation. <laughs> and it's like it knows that you're fighting, and it's like temptation, 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 and they're like temptation. <sighs> <laughs> and then you go right. But look, I started here. In the first step or two, temptation came, and I went directly towards it. But now I'm here, and temptation came, and I, and I took some more steps, but I, I went towards it, right? I, that one hurt. That one, that one hurt. I, that, that one hurt. I got to learn from that. All right, and then every step of the way, you get stronger. Right? You get stronger. You're praying. You're praying. You're encouraging yourself. You're learning from your lessons, your experience. You're getting stronger. And then what happens is you sense you see temptation and then you realize what it really is. Alright? In my life, I'm a selfish person, and I've been very negative for a lot of my adulthood. Negative. Right? Because I didn't make it to the NBA. Everybody that made it to the NBA, I fell some way towards me. I didn't know. Fell some way towards me. Super negative. 
right? And so, man, come to the D League, bro, don't come here. This is a selfish league. Like, kids just out of college, don't come here, selfish league. They don't care about you. Like, the, the mascot's trying to get a call up, the front office trying to get a call up, the coach is trying to get a call up, the officials trying to get called up to the NBA, the players, trying, everybody's trying to do their own thing. Like, all right, why was I putting negativity into that person's life? If I don't even know them, they're just getting here, right? So my insecurities brought the temptation closer and it made it stronger, right? So once I realized what was happening is I kept doing this in my life. Every time I wanted to go to another level, I kept doing this. So chasing my tail. And I'm like, why, I keep, why, why? How come I'm not moving forward? I keep going in a circle. Well, temptation was a test. And every time I kept failing the test, kept failing the test. Right, so I'm not gonna move you forward if you're if you're not gonna like have the character. I'm not gonna move you forward if you're not gonna do the right thing. How am I gonna speak to anybody in here if I'm a negative person about negative? Right, we gotta be positive. And I go home and I'm just super negative, right? So I had to I had to overcome this stuff, overcome, and I had to walk in a circle a couple times and learn, and then I had to overcome and overcome, and that's life. Some things you can't fast forward. Some things you just gotta go through and experience and learn from it and say, yeah, I'm not gonna do that again because that probably wasn't the best choice. Or that's keeping me from where I'm trying to go, the commitment level, keeping me where I'm trying to go. Uh, would you say as an athlete at Carolina, were you more focused on getting to the NBA or winning a national championship? And did it change throughout your career at Carolina? Uh, I was more focused on getting to the NBA. Um, all four years, more focused on NBA. What changed was uh, my head coach the last two years, Roy Williams. Every time I, I ventured out, he was like, nope, you're doing this. Time I went out, nope, you're doing this. So every time I try to get outside of that, and my focus was NBA, which is all about yourself, he knocked me back into place and, and kept me thinking about the team, the team, the team, the team, the team, which is very hard. But I'm not going to say it's like easy to do. Like Every day we think about ourselves. Every day I wake up, I think about myself. That's just a natural thought process. Right? But having people that are uh, transparent with you when that happens is so important. Like, yeah, bro, you, you're, you're not doing the right thing. I'm like, I'm not trying to come down on you, but that's just, you better than that. It's important to keep you on that path. How important do you believe, like, relationship building? Um, like, what's a, in your philosophy of coaching, like, what's a healthy relationship between, like, a coach and a, a player, maybe somebody who's new, or even your, your you know, your four-year yeah. captain? Yeah. Right. Do, do those relationships vary from player to player, or do you try to be consistent in that? Uh, fair, but treat everybody different. Meet everybody where they are. I'm, I'm never going to communicate and coach you the same as Wayne. It's not. You know, two, two different people. Like, um, And I had to learn this lesson because the competitive part of me, like, once I get competitive, it's like passionate and then stuff starts flying out of my mouth and I'm like, 
and that gives me edge, an edge, but not everybody. And so the standards never change. I don't care what it is. If, if you're not doing something correctly, then I'll tell you to do it again. And if you don't quite understand me, then I'm going to communicate it to you like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. The standards never change. The accountability never changes, no matter who it is. Everybody's going to be held accountable. If we go out right now, if we all go out in this world and we all go steal something from a store, we're probably all going to get arrested. Right? <laughs> it doesn't change because it was all of us. No, they're going to arrest everybody. So the accountability doesn't change. So a young man who, here's the important part about coaching, and here's what I've learned. I don't know how you were raised. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what's your triggers. But if I just come yelling at you, and that might be one of your triggers, you may be like, oh, forget you. I don't want to play for you anymore. I'm done. And just completely shut down. Right? Or you may be like, yeah, I like yelling because I've been, and that may motivate you. So the first thing that I do with any player is I build trust. And I, I try to get to know them. Where you come from, all that stuff. Like, can I just communicate with you, man? I just want to help, serve you. Whatever you need help with, let me know. And the, the one thing that I've, I've gotten better at is that once we get in games, I don't yell at players. I don't yell at people. Because we need you to be the most confident you can possibly be in moments where you're making mistakes and still go out there and be successful. So I'm like, in person, oh, man, don't worry about it. In practice, it, it may be like, hey, nope, do it again. Nope, do it again. Right? But in the game, it's like, hey, sorry, man. Next time, we're going to get them. Don't worry. Just find a solution. Figure it out. That, that, that led into my second question yeah. perfectly. Um, how, how do players earn your trust? It, you know, you talked about how yeah. um, you are a player. Yeah, how you are a player. Yeah. How, did, how does a player in your trust? Uh, biggest pet peeve is uh, people who don't who listen. Don't, don't listen. Don't give their best effort. Biggest pet peeve. Um, because that's totally in your control. You know, it's like, hey, go touch that line but you keep coming short of that line. And then you're going slow at it. To like, because what I'm, what I'm saying to you is not for me. Like, like I tell like I've, I've already played. I'm not playing anymore, it's done. So everything I'm giving to you is to help you on and off the court. Like everything that I'm sharing with everyone in here is my experiences that a lot of you may or may not have experienced yet. So 36 years, it's been like this. And so I'm trying to give all that information to you. So if you see anything that I just talked about, you say, okay, I had an education on that. Now you're going to do it however you want to do it, but at least you have the education. And that's, to me, the most important part. I'm going to give you the education. Just listen and give the effort. Obviously, you're a big advocate for taking care of the people around you and take care of your team. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you do for 
for you that's like every week or every day that like keeps you in your mindset and positivity towards you? Anything specific? And I don't mean like a face mask and like taking a bath. No, no, no. Um, Like I really love hanging out with my kids and I love just like being good. Like I'm a big kid. Like I know it may not seem like, but I am a big kid. If you go to my wife's Instagram or whatever, and there's probably a thousand videos of myself and the kids dancing around the house or in the car. Like I enjoy those moments. Um, And that's what, if I'm not here working, I'm with my family having those moments. Uh, Whether it's playing Nintendo Switch with my daughter or, you know, this morning singing ABCs with my three-year-old. Like, that, that's what keeps me going every day. That's what gives me that energy to give to others. All right, I think that was good. All right. All right, clap it up. And clap it. All right, man, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I owe you a training session, though. So... Take me up on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. That was good. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank y'all very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And yeah. if they have any other questions, they can email you. You know me. Yes, please. Feel free anytime. Um, I'm, I'm here to help as much as I can, how I can. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I play Carolina at home, right? We do. November 8th. Yes. Should Stop. we all be there? I hope to see everybody there. <laughs> please. It'll be sold. It'll be sold out. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. Take all right. care. Appreciate it. Sweet. That was awesome. That was really good. Um, that was a TED Talk. I did, I did, uh, I do have that, that will be on a podcast, so if you do want to listen to it again, uh, if you want to get more motivation, if you want to look at some of the notes that I've written, I mean, I was just writing pretty much the whole time, as you see here, and that's how, I mean, and that's how you reflectively write. You, you write down what what goes what makes sense to you. Build mental toughness. Life will throw adversity. Build mental toughness for moments you can't control. You can't panic. As a coach, I will create adversity. Conditioning is hard. I mean, it might not all make sense, but I'm going to take all those notes and I'm going to actually reread those notes, um, think about those notes, and then really add those into the curriculum of the course. So the reason why we have coaches come speak to you is because that's authentic learning. If I, were, if I was the only one to speak to you at a coaching class the entire semester, um, if I was a student, I wouldn't really appreciate that. I would want to know and hear from a lot of different coaches. So we have Jackie coming, or we already had him come, and I know that... What's, his, what's your Coach Thomas. Dobbins? Coach Thomas. Thomas? Okay, Coach Thomas will be coming in. We'll probably have uh, the women's volleyball coach... We'll probably have the radio of the Seahawks, uh, the radio announcer of the Seahawks will be coming in, and then we'll probably have uh, the soccer coach. So if you have any other coaches that you want to bring into class, strength coaches as well can be a part of this, Um, but specifically looking for more of a sport end of a coach, all right? We're not going to get into the uh, lecture today. Um, What I do want you to go over, um, what's that? I just think I might get, I don't know if you know Reggie Overton, uh, he's the, the newest strength coach. I was thinking. Okay, yeah, Reggie would be good. Yeah. All right. 
So I have developing a coaching philosophy document if you're looking to develop your coaching to philosophy. Um, and then I've also created a uh, philosophy PowerPoint. Now a lot of the things that he talked about will be on that PowerPoint. A lot of it is intertwined with um, a lot of the philosophies that, uh, from 